You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekend 6 is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio on a Saturday that started with sparkling spurs and ended with classy Chelsea, plus huge wins for Liverpool and West Ham United. So much to get into, Mr. Earl, mm. but let's start with the league leaders, Chelsea, who went into the game at Bournemouth just four points in front of Spurs, added pressure. What pressure? Yeah, some people were saying, Rob, that this will be a test of nerves. Let me tell you what Chelsea did. They handed it straight back to Tottenham and said, you know what, now we're going to have an examination of your belief because nerves doesn't bother them, Rob. And as hard as Spurs knock on the door, and in fairness, the way they're playing, it's like a bulldozer they're knocking with, Chelsea ain't letting them in. There's no gap, there's no crack, there's no luck. And I was writing down that as I was watching the game, and I ended up on, on, a, on, a, on a little S rant, I'm calling it. And, and this is my Chelsea S rant. Solid. However, wherever the state of the game, they're solid, they get behind the ball, there's no real... They don't give the opposition much real hope, Rob. Sometimes they're scruffy. They get scruffy goals. They, if they have to play a little bit dirty, if they have to get their hands in, they don't mind getting dirty to, to get the job done. The goal from Costa is an example. They're serious. There's a game face on. This team know how important it is to go away from home and do the, the, the hard work. They're silky at times. The Eddie Hazard finish is just a brilliant bit of football. It's a great win from Kante. The ball's through. And, and it's something that's stunning in their execution. You've got to think of where this team have come from to where they are now. There was a team last season where each week we turned up, you didn't know what Chelsea were going to be. Were they going to be good, bad, indifferent? Now there's a stunning consistency about this group. Of course they had the, the, the odd day. You're going to get that in a 38-game season. But right now, Rob, whatever you do, and I almost felt about this group as though they must sit in the dressing room maybe after the defeat sit to, like, Palace or, or we talk, and, and they must laugh at the two Robbies on NBC saying, ooh, ooh, I wonder if, I wonder if. They're watching, don't worry, they're always watching. And, and, and like, you know what, Rob, we're kidding ourselves that these are a race. As much as we'd all love one and, and as neutrals, there's nowhere near a race because this team ain't letting it go. You know, it was interesting afterwards, and uh, Antonio Conte afterwards um, was asked about the added pressure with Spurs winning and did it make any difference. And, and, and let me kind of paraphrase his answer. I thought it was, was excellent. I like pressure. 
I live with pressure. If I don't see pressure, I add it. Pressure gives the best of yourself. So basically, I mean, what he's basically saying is bring on the pressure and actually my team and myself will perform better with pressure. So there's an argument that today, if Spurs didn't get the, the victory and the, the, the gap was, was, um, was back to, uh, a, 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 well, it was seven points, yeah. does the pressure make Chelsea better? And that's basically what he's saying is that we, I, I enjoy the pressure. And I just thought, yeah, very, very strong. Was there, Robbie Earl, a 10-minute window? And I'm stretching, I know, another S for you. I'm stretching. Was there a 10-minute window? In the second, in the second half. There was a little, little spell when, when Bournemouth, but, but that was, you know, Rob, that, that happens in games. Teams, you're not for 90 minutes going to totally dominate the, the whole way that the game's played, the whole way that it works. But I saw two things, right, and, and I marked them down, and something hopefully I'll be able to show maybe next week when I'm back on, on the show is 75 minutes, 3-1 up Chelsea were. Pedro, I don't know if you remember, went running after the ball, I think it was Harry Arter in midfield, ended up getting a yellow card. But he was so driven to go and win the ball back. At, at That's by his manager probably, isn't it? That's probably by his manager driving him. Yeah. It's 79 minutes. Eddie Nazard ran from his own box, ran them back into midfield, got a toe on the ball, played it back to Alonso, and I thought, Eddie Nazard, he's just scored a wonder goal. He's your playmaker. He's the guy who, at 3-1, is almost saying, give me the ball, I'll run it in the corners. The, the, the drive and will from even the top players, Rob, tells you that this team ain't going to fail. Now, here's somewhere I want to go, because I, I know we, we want to move this, this debate on. So... Antonio Conte takes a team that were 10th last season, 31 points behind leaders Leicester, dissatisfied, disorganised, not really motivated, and he gets them to the top of the table. Yet we know the change of system and all that. Mm. He knows week in, week out what's being done. And I don't think we've given him enough credit, Rob, because Pep Guardiola's come into this team, with a team into this league, with a team that's finished fourth, that were better motivated. They're all, you, you know, there's an argument with, with, with a stronger squad. Yeah, we give Pep the time of, well, he doesn't know the league, he's, f he's learning out. Hold on, Antonio Conte's first season in the league. He's finding out, but he's finding uh, out winning, Rob. Why is that? Let me add, let me add something to that. And, and that's, a, that's a good point, it's a good argument. I would counter with this a little bit, though. And, and what do you think to this? That the philosophies and the coaching style of both managers are very different. And I would argue that... That Antonio Conte's philosophy and style of playing the game of football is more suited to the Premier League in England. It's more suuted. His philosophy, his mm. defensive structure, his well, his well, kind of that's more suited coaches. to be successful. I'm taking nothing away from Antonio Conte's achievement, of course, Rob. But but yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta agree that his his kind of ideas of the game and his shape and his kind of motivation and his, mm. like, the, the S's that you said about being yeah. scrappy and scruffy, mm. it is more suited to what you see week in, week out in well, the Premier League than Pep's kind of perfect total football that's correct. really okay. hard yeah. to play week in, week out. So, uh, yes, he's done a great job, but I think it's helped with his general style. I'll, I know where you're going, and I'll give you that, but surely when you're the best manager in the world, if, if you're the best footballer, you adapt to styles, whether Cristiano Ronaldo is playing in England, then he goes to Spain, or he goes wherever. Certainly as a manager, we're talking about adaption, but listen, we'll, we'll leave that one, we'll park that one for another debate, another discussion. Let me see, tell you where else I want to go, Robbie Musto. So I'm sitting there today and going, it's their title this time, you know, seven points, the uh, seven to play, they're not going to let this go. So next season, Rob, now we talk Champions League. So we talk Conte, who knows the, the league, the Champions League, has, has been in there with Juve. We want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe 
with the best, best teams in, in Europe. So we're talking about Bayern Munich and Real Madrid and Barcelona. So I'm looking at this squad saying, Robbie Musto, and you don't have to particularly give me players. Where do they have to strengthen, Rob? Where does this group have to strengthen to be able to be consistent in the Champions League and still be challenging in, in the Premier League next season? Because they're going to need something more than what we see right now. Yeah, they are. First, first, first answer for you is striker. I'm not sure that Diego Costa is going to be there next season. I, th I think there's a, there's a part of him that wants to be back in Spain. He, he wants a different challenge. He's, he's been like this throughout his career where he, where he gets yep. moves regularly. So that could be an issue straight away. Mm -hmm. I think... I still think defensively, Rob, with yeah. David Luiz and Gary Cahill in particular, mm. that with smart, clever movement of these yeah. top European, European forwards, yeah. they might, with the three, if they get caught on a, on a, on a mm. transition with just three back there, they could have a problem with that. Um, I've got to say, I like the wing-backs. That, that's an area that mm. others might argue. You know what, Marcus Alonso? Alonso was good today. Yeah, his was free good. kick was, was great, obviously, but his general players' crossing was good. Victor Moses. I mean, Matic. Matic. I mean, I've got to Kante, no problem at all. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. I don't know whether there could be a, a star player alongside um, N'Golo Kante, Rob, that could give you a little bit mm. more than Matic does and Cesc Fabregas does. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting. But I don't... It, it's a whole different level. We've seen how English clubs have done in the Champions League over recent seasons, and it hasn't been good. Yeah. It's easy to get carried away with this Chelsea team and think, you know what, they're going to give it a right mm. good go. I think you're right to think about it. I think we're right to chat about it, and I mm. think they do need to be strengthened to have a real chance of going a long way in the competition. Yeah, there's a lot of talk that he's going to sign a long-term contract, and then it'll be whether he's allowed to bring in his network of scouts and go and get the job done, although the technical director there sometimes has a say. Just quickly, Rob, before we move on, I want to sort of focus on Eddie Howe. He's had a little bit of a difficult period, lost today, but what's come through it. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, is Eddie Howe ready for that next stage yet? Here's, here's my take on it before, before I let you go quickly. Yeah. I yeah. think another year doesn't do him any harm. I think he's learning his trade. I think he's understanding his philosophy. I think he's still got to be building his network of scouting and, and making a couple of mistakes and learning from things. For me, Rob, I think he's a year, 18 months away from the next step. Like Pochettino and Koeman were at Southampton. Like Marco Silva as at Hull. And I think, you know, I just think he's one of those that's learning his trade in the right place he will get a step up working with a better quality of player, but I still think he's got a little bit more to do. I think he's, he's shown it with his second season, Rob, that I think he is ready to step up. I remember saying um, midway through last year when everybody was getting really excited and rightly so for, for what Eddie Howe was doing at Bournemouth Football Club, mm. I remember thinking and saying, you know what, let's see another year. Let's see the second season. Let's see how he can continue to motivate, um, how his style works for the second season, what he does in, in, in the window. I think he's proven it. I think he is, he is the guy to make a, a team that's higher in the division, a bigger club, mm. etc. Um, I think he's ready for that. Now, if you... It, I mean, another argument, and, and you might be thinking, well, you know what? Don't go to a middle club. Be available for a top mm. four, five, six club. Mm. And your theory probably works out. But I, I think he's proven himself, Rob, that he is a very, very good young manager. Two years now at a club like Bournemouth, and he's got them safe again. They're 35 points now. I think they will be safe. Um, but I don't have a problem with him being in the, in the window uh, or in the picture or in the debate for certain jobs that might come up at the next group of clubs in the Premier League. Yep, he'll certainly be part of the discussion on a day, Rob, when 
Quite frankly, Chelsea won't give us a title race. Conte's in control, and you have to feel sorry a little bit for Spurs, who sit second but can't close the gap. But Spurs fans, you must be delighted with what you're seeing right now. We'll talk Tottenham when we get back. You're listening to Two Robbie's Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. Back in the mail. So you only hear what you want to hear, huh? Well, listen to this. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now we've talked the potential, possible, probable champions in Chelsea Football Club. Let's talk about the team who's been the best of the rest. And a very classy, very assured performance today to beat Watford 4-0. There's no Harry Kane at the moment, Robbie Earl. Um, but Deli Alli, Hyunmin Son, Christian Eriksen, players that are stepping up. There's been a massive improvement of this club, hasn't there, this season under Mauricio Pochettino. How impressed were you today of, of how they played? Stunningly impressed, Rob, to be honest. And what's happened in, in, in the two previous games, not, not counting today, the Burnley game and the Swansea game, they had to dig deep, they had to wait a little bit later than, than um, they probably would have liked to get the results. But they, they've dug out results, Rob. And, and when I look at Spurs, that's one of the things that I've, I've sometimes questioned. And I've sometimes seen them react the wrong way to what I would call kind of high-pressure panic situations. And, and the biggest thing I, I think I, w I could say in terms of where their development, what, what's improved from last yeah. year, do you, know, do you know what it is, Rob? To me, it's their togetherness. It's something about the group. It's not... Uh, listen, of course we can they pick out... They had that last year. Now, they had yeah, that but, last but year, I think they? it's a different kind of togetherness. And, and, and if I can explain, so, yeah, Sun's getting goals and, and Harry Kane was out and that, but... You know, the, the win at Swansea um, midweek when they were 1-0 uh, down coming into the game where I just thought that there, were, there was a consistent way of playing. There was, a, there was a consistent way of what they were doing. Whereas a season ago, Rob, when, when the pressure hit a bit with Leicester and they were chasing, they kind of, I thought, panicked. They, they did some things that were a little bit erratic. It was like, oh, gosh, we, we're, we're losing. We've got to get back into this game. Whereas I think now there's a bit more of a, an assurance, a bit like... We, we, we know what we're doing. We're, we're in. I almost feel, and, and I wrote it down when I was watching the game, they, they seem like they've gone from an ado adolescent teenager. You know, they've had a few spots and, 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 and uh, they've, they've, they've grown into an adult now. They kind of know, you know what, it's okay. It's okay. We, we've got, look around this dressing room. Look what we've got. We've got goals from Sun. Deli Alley's like another centre forward. This is without Harry Kane. Eriksen's producing. We've got back four that don't give many goals away. We're okay. We're in good shape. We've got a great manager. And the other thing as well, Rob, just in, in terms of, of where they are, I've never had a feeling like this about the Spurs. What would it be? The, the whole sort of. The future? The the club and the future. And Spurs is always... We've played against Spurs teams. I've played against Spurs teams that have been bottom half of the table, Rob, where they've had yep. superstars, they've had great players and played some good days, but it's never been a long-term or this is something sustainable. It's always been, you know, then that star player goes and they go come back with another different group. It takes three or four years and they come again. This feels different. This feels as though there's something a bit lasting, a bit with, with, with a real stability, with a real platform there. And it's about keeping the manager, keeping the group of players, and adding to it in the right way at the right time that's going to see Spurs, I think, be real title, not only challenges, but winning titles in, over the next few years. You know what, Rob? We, we talk about things and we analyse things and we, we look at angles for different mm. things all the time. I think we just got to stare at the league table at the moment. Just stare at the league table. Mm. Spurs. Yeah. 
miles ahead of other massive clubs. So at the moment, yeah. and there's games at hand of some of the others, mm. they're 14 points ahead of Arsenal and yeah. Manchester United. Yeah. They're ahead of yeah, Liverpool. They're, they're, they're ahead of Manchester City. They've got to finish they've spent. They've got to finish second. It, it, yeah, but it's, it, isn't it stunning, the development of this football well, club? I mean, I, I, I'm just shocked at how strong, in, in not ideal circumstances, mm. that this club has become. Now, let me throw this at you. We've seen this in some ways a little bit before. Yeah. Luka Modric, Gareth Bale, yeah. the brink of great things at the football mm. club, and they sell their best players. Yeah. You tell me why this isn't going to happen this time. Because it doesn't have to, Rob, because of the new stadium, it's going to bring in They need more the money. money. They need the money. But they, they're the going to bring in more money. There's going to be 60,000 people, these, these corporate money. They're, they're going to be get, uh, having miles more revenue than, than they've ever had coming in. They've got the deal with the NFL that's going to earn the money and profile. If they want to be serious and if they're talking about becoming a powerhouse, not only in London, so challenging Chelsea and Arsenal, finishing above Arsenal, they know. They know at this point you cannot. All the things I've talked about, the feel and, and the way of this group. And let me put, let me put a sl slightly another argument to Robin Musto. So we, you say stay at the table. So I stand at the table and I see Chelsea sitting top and I see Tottenham sit, sitting next. And I see one other club in, in the top six, Robin, where I think, OK, who could win? Who's, who's close to winning title? Who next season? Manchester City, with the right additions, will be challenging and could win the title. Of the next three, of Liverpool... Arsenal and Manchester United. Let me tell you right now where I'm saying. Spurs are in a better place to win the title than, the, than, than those three teams, Rob. And Spurs have never won a Premier League title. Spurs are in a better place than Liverpool right now, than Manchester United right now, and then Arsenal right now at winning a title. They're closer to it than those three big powerhouses who've had a say in English football since the Premier League took over. We've talked about the future of this club with the new stadium. We've been to the training ground. It's ridiculous. Mm. Uh, the young players at this club and how they've improved with the young manager. How does it go wrong? We know the Spurs, and they say about being Spursy mm. that you're excited about it, and then it goes wrong at some point. How does this, over the next one, two, three years, okay. go from something that could be fantastic to, oh, no, Spurs are blowing it again? Well, How does it go wrong? You talk about players keeping the manager. If, if all the manager of a sudden club? Real Madrid came in or, you know, they're saying it's some, one of those size clubs, that would be a big loss. Let me throw something else at you that, that is, a, is on the horizon, I'm saying could affect things for 12 months. Playing at Wembley could affect yeah, Spurs for 12 months. They don't play well there, Rob. They're going to play league games there. They're going to play Champions League games there. They can't get the press on as high. It's a bigger pitch. They haven't really done well when they've gone there. I'm a little concerned that they go there and... The intensity of the game drops. They don't quite get it going. Now, they'll play there more regularly, and you hope that doesn't happen. But that's an issue, Rob, something they've got to start to think about and deal with because they can't afford to have a year before they go into their big, their big stadium, drop out then the, the Champions League and become 8th, ninth, 10th in the league. That's not going to be acceptable now. The, the, part of what they've done is taking the next step, and with that next step, as Antonio Conte said today, comes the pressure. Yeah, and they haven't. And to be fair, they haven't been great in European competition this no. year. I mean, that, no. that's been disappointing. Cool. So they, they've got to improve that. Some player that, that just quickly, Rob, before we end the segment, mm. in terms of Deli Ali and his form mm. continues again. Fantastic oh. goal today. Yeah. Player of the year. 
Mm. Now, we haven't got long. We've got a, a okay. minute or so. Yeah. A player of the year for this season. We've got to yeah. put up there. Well, I'm going to put in there Eden Hazard as mine. Yeah. I think Carl Martino today talked about Angola Kante. I'll go with Angola Kante probably. W Deli Alli what are you thinking? Deli 16 goals is, 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 is the new Frank Lampard. He's the, he could be the superstar beyond Harry Kane that, that we've talked Spurs might need. In, that, in the argument, Rob, I'd, I'd have to put Romelu Lukaku if he ends up 30 goals. I think he is as a shout. Zlatan Ibrahimovic if he ends up 25-ish. I think he's part of the argument. And Alexis Sanchez, Rob, his goals and his assists for what he does for that football club in terms of his return. If they were to finish up there, a game would be part of the argument. But Deli Ali, Conte and Hazard are, are, are the three main ones at the moment, mate. Yeah, what a great season it's been so far, and those players have had magnificent times of it. But we'll be back. We'll talk Liverpool after the break. Massive decisions from Jurgen Klopp. It worked out for him at the end. They beat Stoke 2-1 uh, away from home. But we will talk Liverpool after the break. You're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. Back in a moment. Hey there. Kyle Martino here to tell you about the brand new podcast I'm launching called That's a Dive with Kyle Martino. Each week, I'll take a deep dive into some of the most debated topics bouncing around our soccer community. You can listen to every episode wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, basically anywhere in the podcast sphere. And if you enjoy the pod and want to help out, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. The ratings help increase our ranking, which allows for more soccer fans to discover the show. Finally, I always love to hear from soccer fans all over, so if you have any questions or feedback or just want to heckle me, please don't hesitate to reach out on Twitter, at Kyle Martino. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe, download, and dive in. Stop your belly aching. We're back, baby. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, Jurgen Klopp, the manager of Liverpool Football Club, with injuries at the moment to his squad with Sadio Mane and Adam Lallana and Jordan Henderson, decided to leave out two star players today for the game at Stoke. Coutinho, who has been suffering from an illness, to be fair, and Roberto Firmino, who wasn't, um, is suffering from fatigues, played a lot of games. It was a horrible first half, but both those two star players, Robbie, after an yep. awful first half, were introduced in, in the start of the second half, and this is what happened next. Sturridge almost able to get in. Whelan stopped it. Nothing that Stoke could do about the strike from Coutinho. All eyes on the officials. The flag stayed down. And Roberto Firmino has just scored a quite majestic goal to give Liverpool the lead. Two in two minutes from them. And they have turned it around. What a big win this could be for Liverpool and their Champions League aspirations. Well, I was sitting there, Robbie must have, watching this one. Social media was going ballistic was before the game about what's Jurgen Klopp. I think some people thought he'd been listening to too much heavy heavy metal music banging his head, and he, he, he'd lost his senses because you know to leave his two big-time players. But after we hear that, that Coutinho wasn't, wasn't well, obviously he'd lost a lot of weight, they weren't sure whether he could start, bringing him on was a gamble, a gamble they had to do. And it worked out OK, Robbie must have, in the end. But you know what? At 1-0 down, and I'm looking at the table, and I'm looking at the feel around the club and the, the chasing pack and all the things that are involved in, in making sure that Liverpool stay in the top four, and I'm thinking, if they lose this game today, they lose momentum, they lose a bit of belief, it, it gives those chasing it a hope, 
and somehow he, he gets his two superstars on, they get the goals, as, as we've heard, and he gets the three points, and it was sunshine in Stoke, so it wasn't wet and windy Stoke, he didn't have to deal with that, but... Some will say he got a bit lucky. Some will say he took a gamble he had to take. But the most important thing, Rob, is they got the three points and they continue now to put pressure on, on the two big teams chasing them. Do you think that was the most important 45 mm. minutes in mm. Jurgen Klopp's yeah. uh, tenure as Liverpool manager? Because I, I did. Yeah, absolutely do. And, and that's what I wrote. That's the, the, the most important 45 minutes he's got in his career to, to, to get those players on, on the pitch. And... Here, here was my kind of conspiracy theory. As I'm sitting at half time, I'm trying to work out, OK, he hasn't started, and OK, if they're tired and whatever. And again, we, we know now because of illness. But was there a case, or even if it wasn't meant, does this also highlight Robbie Musto? And, and bear me out where I'm going before you shoot me down. Was this a, was this a showing that when, when Liverpool have some serious injuries or miss some serious players, that's, that the depth of squad is not good enough? And so, is it a veiled message, whether it was meant or not, to owners, to, to people that this squad needs beefing up <laughs> if, if they're going to be serious top four challengers next season, and if they get in the Champions League, to at least be competitive in the Champions League? Because if they have days when some of the big boys aren't there, this team can look very, very average. I like it, and, and, and I think it's interesting. Whether that's a veiled message, it's a risky mm. way of doing it, but I, yeah. think, I think Liverpool's squad is thin. Now, he has said, to be fair, Rob, that he likes a small squad. He doesn't want to have a big squad. He just said mm. it, what, two days ago in his press conference. He doesn't want first-team players sat out. It's yeah. not healthy, and it doesn't give young players a chance to play. Now, we all like that, but yeah. when your star players get injured um, and this, this, the squad does look stretched and thin after that, yeah. it's difficult. I mean, I think, I think they do need new players. Um, I'll tell you one player that deserves credit, and I think we probably both have over a period of time have given him a little bit of stick, yeah. is the goalkeeper, Correct. Simon Mignolet. Mm. I mean, after all we said there, and we had the sound there of the two goals, yeah. and it was fantastic, yeah. and they've got and it all worked out for Jurgen Klopp. Mm. They could have dropped two points. There was a point-blank save from Soto Berahino oh. that the goalkeeper made. And again, we're having a different conversation if that goalkeeper yeah. doesn't make the save. Yeah, and if that's David De Gea, we're saying, you know, he's a world-class goalkeeper. But Robbie must do. Robbie all's in his contrary mood. Is Simon Mignolet good enough long-term for a top-four team that will be playing in Champions League and challenging for titles? So he's on a good run. He's overcome, and, and fair play to him. You know, he's been dropped. He's had to get his confidence back. He's back in the team. Is he good enough for a top-four team, or do we have to accept that the odd days are going to come when he's going to drop the odd ball, make poor decisions, and that's who he is? Listen, he's been at this football club when they've done good things. Yeah. I think he's proven that in the past. Yes, they, there was a big amount of pressure on him as Carrius came into the football club as the number one. Listen, I, I think sometimes, and I've always been a little bit on, on the fence with Mignolet because yeah. I don't see him have that many nightmares. He's a brilliant shot stopper. Yes, his decision-making about coming off his line, the aerial stuff, he doesn't look commanding. But what, work with him a little bit. I mean, I, don't, I think we're so, you know, it's, uh, you know people who watch the game, when we talk about the game, we're so mm. quick to rubbish people off and, oh, they've got to strengthen there. You know, and, and some of it's valid, but some of it isn't. And I think with Mignolet, stick with the guy. So, so you would a say... If you were given yeah, the choice to, to bring, I don't know, let, let's say Joe Hart well, Why should available. there be a choice? No, I'm, I'm yeah, just but... asking you. That, that Joe Hart is available. You're manager of Liverpool Football Club. Do you go and take Joe Hart or do you say, I'm, no, I'm OK with Simon Mignolet? I, I'm I saying think I'd take I Joe want... Hart. 
Well, I, I think, think I'll take, take the money. If there was money involved to bring him to the club, I think, you know what? I'll, I'll strengthen somewhere else. Joe Hart's better goalkeeper, in my opinion, than Simon Mignolet. Yeah. But is he that much better? That's well, going to make that, that much of a difference to, to, to you. the and, 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 and I would say no. How much Get, do you use value the money. that guy there? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a big enough gap between those two mm. to justify a big spend in, 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 um, in transfer fees and probably in salary as well. Use that money for other positions, a left-back, bring mm. a blimmin' left-back in, or a central defender or a different midfield player. The, the, the squad definitely needs improving, mm. um, but I'm not, I'm not jumping. I'm not, I'm not jumping to go and bring another goalkeeper in. Maybe Liverpool And they've still got Carriers, by the way, who might come good as well it for could them. Improve. In, absolutely. In, in, in reserve. One player they are going to lose, Sadio Mane, we heard the news now that you know he's going to be out for the rest of the season so huge blow actually good psychological win for, for Liverpool today I think the first time in the league this season they've won without Mane in the team but Mane out means one or two are going to have to step up after I thought Rob I want to give a mention to Jorginho Wijnaldum for, for Liverpool mm. who I think is starting to produce a little bit more of the goals produce assists be a bit more of the player we saw at, at uh, Newcastle who can have a real influence on game it's taken him a while and Lallana has been out and, and his form had dropped before he got the injury anyway just think Wijnaldum stepped up a little bit and, and there's one or two others who are Rigi Sturridge might have a, a big part to play Robbie in this last sort of is run, he? run of the do you really think he's going to have a big part? Well, I don't know if he I'm is. I'm saying he may have a big part to play because if, if they put him in, Rob, he's going to have to deliver. Mark, you know, you lose Mane, you lose a massive goal to out this Liverpool team, despite you... Coutinho and Firmino. I mean, depending on, of course, how Sturridge is looking in training, because mm. this front three, you know, we know that Mane yeah. is not going to be yeah. there. So you're yeah. going to have Firmino, you're going to have Coutinho. Coutinho, yeah. for me, has got this guy that's yeah. got to step up. Are you playing a Riggy? Are you going to rely on him? Or are you gonna are you gonna try your best to get Sturridge in the lineup? Dan the man, Dan the dance. In you come, oh, Daniel. It's your you're gonna, turn. You're gonna, By rely, the way. you're gonna ask to rely on him to 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 get you a top four spot. By Daniel the, Sturridge. By the way, shop window as well. Let him sell himself if that's the case. Let him come in, score goals for us, and if he wants to sell himself, then then we get the benefit as well. He's a proven goal scorer, scores goals in different ways, can can hurt the opposition. I get down the man in there. Quickly, Rob, want to move on to the other team that, that is looking at the, t the top four spots, Manchester City. I, I watched this game. I did expect dominated possession, won the game with, with Navas on that right-hand side, Sterling coming in narrow, just the shape and, and the movements. always interesting to watch City. One slight down point again, and I'm going to go back to goalkeepers. Claudio Bravo was reinstalled back into the first team. They, they won the game comfortably at 3-0. but conceded the goal with Hull's only shot on target again. So I think that's seven shots on target for Bravo. Hang seven, on a minute. Seven, seven goals. Hang have on a it, minute. It was a real sloppy goal. It wasn't sloppy. He got, he's got a guy in front of him. There's a deflection late, and it's right down. It, it, it wasn't. That wasn't a goalkeeping error. It wasn't a goalkeeping error for you. No. It's a deflection. The guy's right in front of him. I think everything that goes in past him, and I get there's been lots that you expect him to say, but I think everybody, including you now, Robbie, are jumping on his back. Every time a goal's go in and it's Claudio Bravo in goal, you're jumping all over him. No, you expect I, I, him to I'm make world class save. I'm assessing the goal. There was in a the deflection. It was. There was, it was a, a deflection. De there was a deflection, but I. I thought he could have done better after the deflection. It wasn't a big deflection. It was a, it was a chocolate wrist, what we call, a real soft <laughs> hand on the ball, and, and, it, and he couldn't get away. But, listen, 
if, if nothing else, Rob, when you play Claudio Bravo in the team, you're putting an extra bit of pressure on the back foot and the result because, as you say, the public, the press, everybody's honing in on how's this guy do. So, listen, you know, Pep Guardiola knows that. Um, interesting also, uh, Fabian Delft gets himself a goal. And remember a few weeks ago we were talking about players coming in and maybe he needs the odd British player who knows the league. Little window for Fabian Delft now between now and the end of the season to, to look to kind of establish himself. Gundogan's out, maybe coming back into next season. Chance for him just to establish himself a little bit in that midfield. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they could do that a little bit. I mean, we've talked about the balance of the team, and we know that he wants to possess and play that great football. And I think against Hull at home, he knows with him in the side, they're still going to do that. I still think it's going to be interesting in, in bigger games, harder games. I don't think Delph will play because he wants to have his footballers in there that can protect it, control the game, etc., to break down and score and to win games. That's how he likes to do it. I don't think Fabian Delph is great at doing that. It's interesting, what we must say, just as, as we move on, because we talk about Manchester City and Liverpool looking to, to dominate their, their, their place in that top four. And we put a tweet out today to said Manchester City and Liverpool picking up three points today. Does that mean Manchester United or Arsenal? Can they catch them? And, and we got lots of good responses. Daniel Pegram said, I think Man United and Arsenal now miss out. The only hope is if Liverpool continue to have injuries. Eric Wilde said, nope, United not strong enough. Arsenal don't have the drive which was interesting, and, and Aaron Glenn said that Manchester United, Manchester United and Arsenal won't make it into the top four because they have difficult games to play. So it, it, it looks as though the two big teams are going to miss out, Robbie Musto, and we'll, we'll have to see how, how that one all plays out. But some of the teams at the bottom of the league, they'd love to be talking about Champions League and qualification. Right now I see five teams that have got a distinct possibility of playing football in the championship next season. After this, we'll look who's going to drop and who's not. As we focus on the race to avoid relegation, this is the Two Robbies Football Show, talking all things Premier League on NBC Sports Radio. We said we'd come back, and look at that, we're back. Would we ever let you down? Uh, the answer's no. We are NBC Sports Radio, where every day is game day. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Visit Masters.com today and tomorrow for complete tournament coverage of the 81st Masters, including real-time scoring and live full-screen HD video all week long. Masters.com, your online source for the 2017 Masters. What a tournament that is, Robbie Earl. Okay, the biggest game of the weekend, I thought, in terms of pressure. West Ham United, Slaven Bilic, under an immense pressure. A lot of talk if they lost that game that he would be fired. They they didn't lose the game. They beat Swansea City 1-0 in an incredible game of football at the London Stadium. What do you think? Well, it, it was a must-win, Rob, and we say that a number of times this season against two teams who were desperate for the points. Swansea obviously would have certainly dragged West Ham into a really dirty, horrible fight, which probably would have, as you say, cost Slavin Bilic's job. And the relief after, we, we saw with a challenge from young Sam Byron that, that he, he got yeah. a ball out from a danger. It was almost like he'd scored a match winner. And then to hear Slavin Bilic after, talk about what it meant to him personally, but more about the team and the group and, and making sure that this football club stay in the league. And you look at the table now, Rob, and, and you don't really see all the losses that have come. You see a team 14th in the table sitting on 36 points, eight points now clear of the relegation. They've got six games left, Rob, 24 points, and they probably need another four points to be safe. And you just feel that, that, that Slavin Bilic and, and his team will now get, the, get that done. But another defeat, and I'm telling you what, they were one of those teams, they were the too-good-to-go-down team that could go down. 
Yeah, I think that I think that's it. I think they're going to be safe now. West Ham United with that victory, um, just w maybe one or two good results out of the six games. They should be okay. Swansea City, Robbie Earl, winless in their last yeah. five, four losses, one draw. Paul Clement, we lauded him about what he did at Swansea. They're mm -hmm. banging trouble, by the way, aren't they? Yep. And and the problem for Paul Clement is he, he kind of started a good job and, and and picked up results, but this 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 was only really be judged at the end of the season. And it's like being two 0 up at half time, but then you get beat five two. No one says, oh, you had a really good first off people will say you either stayed up or you went down and he's got a lot of work to do he's got to now it's a, it's a test of him as a, as a manager he's had the little spell at Derby he's been assistant with lots of good managers at big football clubs now it's a test of how he can get in with this group when things aren't going well when they haven't won a few results when one or two might just be um, be questioning one or two things so big challenge for Swan who goes down on. come on Come on, Who son. Swansea the three or Hull? In there. The three in there go down. Hull so City with Marco, Sil down. Marco Silva's ability to win games at home. Just think wow. there's something about this guy, Rob, that, that he, he, he'll keep them up. I think the three there go down, which includes, I'm afraid, your sorry Borough. Double yeah. three set a shot on target, nil-nil against Burnley. I mean, it's just not going right at all. The only thing, Rob, I've, I've been a bit disappointed in, and I know we're, we're running out of time, is... They, didn't really have, they haven't really had a go, Rob, late on. They haven't really had a go at it. I mean, he's, he's changed the system a little kitchen bit. I mean, Negredo came on. I still can't believe that top scorer doesn't start the game on Alvaro mm. Negredo. Adama Traore is the most threatening player. Again, didn't start the game. So he's trying to change things around. It, it, you know, it, it's hard for me to say, but they have not been good enough. I mean, yeah. it's pretty obvious. There's four wins all season um, from a team that, that, that has got a lot of new players. They've changed a manager, and it's been going to be a huge struggle. They're not. I'm not getting. They're not done and dusted just no yet. No wins in September. Go on, Robbie Musto. Nah, because Swansea and Hull both lost today. They still the got flag. a chance to do it, and they got a game in hand. Yeah, I love, love the optimism, Robbie Musto. Sorry, mate. I, I'm afraid Struggling. it looks like championship, championship football again for the ball. It's a real disappointment. Just before we go, looking forward to a couple of games coming up Sunday. There's Sunderland versus Manchester United. David Moyes desperate for a win against one of his former teams. Everton v Leicester. Leicester City can't lose at the moment. That's going to be a good, a good game at Goodison. And then Monday, Crystal Palace v Arsenal at Sellers Park. They love to be party poopers at uh, Crystal Palace. We'll see if they can do that against Arsenal. Wenger team time. So that just leaves us time to reward the tweet of the day. Unfortunately, we didn't get able to read as many tweets as we'd like, but the tweet of the day goes to Daniel Pegram, who said that Manchester United and Arsenal will miss out on Champions League football. They'll need Liverpool to have lots of injuries. So, Daniel, please make sure you direct message your address, and we'll get to Robbie Scarf in the post to you. So, on a day when the top four all won, putting the pressure on the likes of Arsenal and Manchester United who are yet to play, we just want to say thanks to all the good folks at Culver City. Yeah, thanks for everyone for listening to the show and letting us know your thoughts through social media. We're in England next weekend to cover the matches live from the stadiums on site, something we look forward to every season, we really do. So there won't be a radio show next Saturday at this time, but please look out for upcoming Two Robbies podcasts that you can subscribe to and download on iTunes. Remember to rate and review the show. The ratings help our visibility and allow more fans to discover the show. So, Robbie Earl, until next time, it's good night from me. And good night from him. Good night. Good night. When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip-hop. Pop. Guys, quiet.
the one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS, wireless figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.